Hi, and welcome to the Level Up podcast. I am your host, Catherine Ariana. In this podcast, guests will talk about growing up, what inspired them to become an entrepreneur, what area of work they do, who helped them along the way, and who they want to become. And of course, what is the next level that they want to get into? I am so, so excited to have our first guest, John Fee, the president of the Entrepreneurship Club. And we will be digging deep into his history, what he's doing, and what is his next move. Keep listening to find out. This is the Level Up Podcast. Welcome, John Fee. I know. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be the first guest. I'm so pumped to see kind of where this is going to go and you know, see all the effort you put into it. I'm looking forward to it. We've uh, a lot of setup, a lot of uh, admin work that gone into the back end of this to get things kind of perfect, but no, I'm excited. This is going to be cool. Yeah. So first off, I would love to start off talking about your childhood. Childhood. To be honest, typical like business-based podcasts, I feel like it's always like, where'd you get your start? Or like, yeah. What do you do now? So I, I like that. Um, my childhood, I grew up in southern New Jersey, right across the bridge from Philadelphia. Um, what aspects specifically? Because I could sit here and talk for the next hour and a half. Did you ever think you wanted to go into real estate when you were younger? Or were you like, no, I want to become like a fireman or like, yeah. you know, the typical yeah. stuff? You're going to get kicked out of this. So <laughs> I always had kind of the entrepreneurial mindset ever since I was a kid. I just liked going by my own rules, even if it was a little bit more risk and a lot more responsibility on my plate. I was always just about control, a little bit, you know, big kind, you know, control freak. So what I started initially, I started cutting grass like every other 12-year-old kid. My dad threw me on the mower. I remember the first time I was like so committed to it. I loved doing it that I was like 11 or 12 years old. And my dad and I, we would always split up who cuts our yard, like our own personal home. So it would either be I cut the back, back was always a little bit smaller, so he'd let me do that or the front, but I remember one time he told me that I could do the whole thing. I was so excited. I've always liked machines and things of that nature growing up. Um, I was so pumped. And then I remember he got home from work. I think I was, gosh, I I might have been doing schoolwork inside or something. I might have been out with my mom. I'm not sure. But he was just, dad's a very busy guy. Came home. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to do the lawn myself. wanted to get it done because he kind of had to watch me do it because I'm a 12-year-old. Yeah, I mean, I could figured why, like, you yeah. know, you could have, like, flew off of it and, like, oh my gosh, yeah. injured. Well, it wasn't even, it wasn't a ride-on mm-hmm. mower. It was a push mower. But I'm 12 years old. And, like, I'm six foot now, but at 12 foot, or at, not 12 foot, at 12 years old, I was, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. Like, were you, like, four, four, four foot feet, nine? five feet, maybe, probably something in the four foot range. Yeah. That mower, those bars are taller than me. They're about as, like, up to my forehead. Um, so, you'd always have to sit there and watch. And I remember this one time. He told me, hey, John, you can do the lawn. He did the whole lawn. And I got home and I started crying because I was that fed up that he oh didn't let God. me do our own lawn. That's how much I was committed to this. And just I always just liked doing the job and doing it my way and doing it the best way I knew I could. Yeah. So I could look back. And this stands true to today. <laughs> so I could look back and just look at my work and be like, oh, I did that. I was so fed up. And then from there, he, he never really cut our lawn again until – you know, if there's any issues, but, um, yes, I always had kind of that entrepreneurial mindset. And initially I just wanted to build out like a landscape contracting business and I wanted to get into hardscaping, which if anyone, if you're not familiar, 
Hardscaping essentially is your landscaping. Essentially just deals with just basic mulch, trees, shrubs, grass, the basic stuff. Then hardscaping is kind of rescaping out the ground and the earth to look a certain way. So maybe a lot of stone work, a lot of like masonry work. Yeah. So like for example, if, if someone got like a new pool put in and they would want all new mulch beds cut in into the yard around that pool, that's hardscaping. So I would do that or do stone pits, whatever that may look like. And I did that through high school and I was so committed. I loved it. Um, and then I remember there was just one week. It was like mid-August in southern New Jersey. We're humid and it's hot. And I'm t- there's always that one week like at the end of the season where it would be like, I'm not kidding you, upwards of 97 degrees to 102, 103 degrees every single day for like that. It's always that one week. Yeah. And it's like our struggle week, we call it, because we knew it's coming at some point in the summer. It might come in July, it might come in late August. And I remember I'm going through that week, and I did all my work myself, except for a few odd jobs I'd have a good friend of mine hop on. Um, I, that's just how it was. I like control of doing it my way. So like 20 clients a week that I'm cutting their lawns, I remember I had a few bush jobs, some shrub jobs, and like a few cleanups uh, for a new client. And I was going through, and whole body was covered in poison ivy from this big clean-out job I did on Monday. Oh, my God. Wait, so did you have any, like, did you need to go to the hospital? Or, like, no. were you just like, no, we'll deal with it later? I am, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people overreact to poison ivy. Uh, you just got to thug it out. Like, you just got to figure it out and just, you know, deal with it. Um, so you throw... Though, oh my gosh, what is it? The pink stuff all over you. Mm-hmm. People know what I'm talking about if they're listening. My whole body's like pink because I'm telling you it was everywhere. Um, and I'm doing this other cleanup job for a new client of mine. So I had to do it well. So obviously I'm working my tail off all day. And I remember I got in that truck and I was so fed up over something small. It might have been like a machine of mine wasn't working right. Or I just, I don't remember. And from there, that day on, it's like 100 degrees out. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm done. And I finished out that season, sold my business in March of the, that was my senior year in high school that March. Um, just funny COVID happened right after that. And I was kind of just hanging out because I had nothing to do now as I know business as soon as that happened. But, um, that was my plan initially. Like as a child, I was, I liked working with my hands. I liked getting down to the nitty gritty and now, if you told me if I was doing what I was doing right now, I don't think I would have agreed with you like 10 years ago when I was like 11 or 12, but I love what I'm doing now. I love where I'm going with it. And now that outdoorsy kind of landscape work is more of like a passion for me. Yeah. And you know what? I love that because since you are in real estate, like when you go to a house or like you see something like really cool, you're like, you kind of like know like the effort. Oh my gosh. Made. Yeah that house nice you know what i mean like the outside of it well it completely changes your perspective when you're going to a house and it needs a few thousand dollars in landscape work and now you know exactly how to highlight and pinpoint those jobs to price them out on doing a house because you know what it's going to take to get that thing to where you want it to be in terms of the capital to get there so it's just it i see a lot of deals from a different perspective now from almost the blue collar perspective versus from an investor standpoint yeah you just seeing the deal, what a cash flow is, how that works. I'm seeing it kind of from a different angle, um, or I should say both angles, which I feel that like that's one of my greatest assets. Yeah, um, that's amazing. But. So, when did you start getting into real estate and like mm-hmm. interested with real estate? Mm-hmm. Well, let me answer this because we you got me talking. We've, <laughs> we've been hopping around. Um, I'll start with kind of just what I'm doing now, and then we'll build up to that. 
So I'm in commercial real estate right now, commercial real estate lending and financing, um, as well as, you know, off-market multifamily sales, um, just mainly diving into the whole commercial space. But how I got there and how I got initially into real estate, it, it actually just kind of ties in perfectly to the story I just finished up with, with my business landscaping. Sold out of that. Then I went to college that following fall, 2020, during COVID. That was a mess. I got in and I was, when I tell you I was this close to dropping out, it was like I was genuinely that close. I mm -hmm. was, my first week was a complete mess. Um, and it was because all my buddies were back home. They're all still working. They're buying, you know, almost damn brand new trucks. And I'm sitting here at school, obviously not working because I just got into school and I don't have anything lined up yet. Um, and I'm just feeling like a sitting duck. So I was like so close to just dropping out. And finally, my parents told me, hey, just get through this couple of weeks, get settled in. And if this semester ends and you're still in the same headspace, we'll pull the plug. You're good. Yeah. And like, you know what? I feel like you starting, especially when like there was no contact, you had to have a mask on. Like, I'm like, did you have in-person oh, classes or oh like? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot about this. So it was kind of hybrid. So like we had some yeah. classes that were fully in person or no, yeah, fully in person with masks on. Mm -hmm. um, no one other than students were allowed in the building. So the buildings were dead. There was no one walking on campus. Um, we had other, like it was like half and half. Our other classes were all virtual. So like you're waking up for your 830 in bed, all hopping on Zoom. Like everyone's in bed. It was just such a weird I don't even know how to describe it. It's I would never want to go back to it. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And, like, I feel like also, like, before COVID, everyone was, like, so excited to go to college. And, like, this is where you're going to, like, get your yeah. degree, make the best friends ever, make so many connections. And, like, that's such, like, a downfall from when you started because yeah. you didn't experience that. Yeah, like, I didn't think it was that bad when I first got there, but it was because I didn't know what college was supposed to be like. Yeah. Like now I'm a senior, everything's back to normal. You go walk out on campus and it's like walking in the streets of Manhattan. Like it, it, it almost feels like that at some points, like when it's a really busy, it's a, a nice day out versus my freshman year, there was nobody. It's like, you're not seeing anybody. You're not interacting with anyone. You just mind your own business and you legit, all I did, you go to class and you go back to your dorm. That was it for Monday through Friday. Um, like I had nothing else to do. So like, I'm kind of just a sitting duck and to come back to your original question of how I got into this whole space was I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I got to do something. I have like six years of landscaping history. I was mm -hmm. like, always work on my hands, always doing something, always, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And I was like, I got to do something, you know? So I was like, you know what? I heard, I was like, I saw like an Instagram video or a TikTok, just something about real estate wholesaling. And they make it look, just everyone who was doing that business already, all the gurus made that business look so simple, straightforward, as they should. Because half of them are selling courses. I would do the same thing if I was. So obviously that caught my eye. Um, and I was like, why don't I just give this a stab? And it was like October. And I did research throughout that fall and into the winter. Then I got sick for like a month and a half. Uh, that December and the January, then finally picking up the pieces in that January and just still doing research throughout my semester, kind of dragging my feet, to be honest with you. But I was like really committed to it. Like I was talking to title people. I was talking to other investors. I was talking to uh, homeowners when the time came. Um, so it was like May of 2021 that I was like, all right, 
we're back home from our semester. We need to start doing cold calls. And this is, it's honestly not, I haven't really told the story yet to anyone. So now when, oh. I'm, now when I like repeat it and yeah. it comes out of my mouth, it's kind of crazy. Um, but I knew like my main approach for acquisitions was all cold calling just to get leads in. I just felt that was the most direct thing. I was decent, or at least I thought I was decent at talking at the time. Hopefully a big storm coming. Um, and then I also had another landscaping job um, working on the grounds crew at a country club near me. Really nice country club. It was great. Um, well, I shouldn't say it was great. It was, it was strenuous work. It was <laughs> up at 5 a.m. at the course at 6, working till 2. And then those are my days, Monday through Friday, till t- working till 2. Then from there, I would run home 15 minutes, shower. Then I didn't want a cold call in my house because at the time, both of my parents were working. They were still virtual because COVID. So we have already two people in the house on calls. I didn't want to make it a third. And honestly, I didn't know what I was doing with cold calling. So I was a little bit embarrassed like to even start at my own house. So I w- what I would do is my grandma... She has a home in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It's like 10, 15 minutes from us. And then she also has kind of our family summer home down the beach. And during the summer, she would go live down there full time. So her house that was close to us was vacant. No one was in it. So I was like, I'm just going to go to grandmom's. I'm going to boot up the Wi-Fi and I'm doing my cold calls at my grandma's. Yeah, that's so funny. I I would leave, use my grandmom's (laughs) house as my office. Yeah, it's like a 2,000, 2,500 square foot office. Like it's a full house, not even an office in the little bit. I would sit at her kitchen table. And I remember sitting there, actually, the first time I cold calls in my bedroom at home. And then I switched to my grandma's. But the first time I got my dialer, I got my list booted up. It was like a tax lien list just in that area. Um, and I was all ready to go. It was like 200 numbers I was going to rip through. And I was thinking, oh, this would be easy. I'll rip through it. And I remember sitting there like this, sitting at my desk, having my little headset on. And I was 15.99 from Best Buy. And I'm like, I couldn't hit start on the dialer. Essentially, the dialer would just dial the numbers so you don't have to type them all in. Yeah. Big tool. And I couldn't do it. Why? And then I was so nervous. I was like, and it was crazy. I was nervous of six. I was worried about success because success was someone picking up and I had to talk to them. I was worried about success, not failing. Failing was the easy part because, oh, they don't answer. Who cares? I was worried about success. So I'm sitting there. Then I finally hit start. Goes through like three numbers somehow like the fifth person picked up and it was a house a homeowner a town over she picks up starts talking hello 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 i didn't say a word i ended the call john oh i I completely (laughs) ended the call i was like no i'm done um it was a mess and i sat there and i was legit like shaking because i never like i could talk to people but i can never like talk to people in a sales perspective i know what i was doing and I got up, my mom's office, bedroom, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, she was working right down the hall from me in my house at this point. I got up, walked to her, and I talked about talked to my mom about a good amount of stuff. And I, I just looked at her, and I was like, Mom, I, I can't do this. I was like, this is not – they knew what I was doing. Um, I was like, I can't do this. Like, there's no way. And she just looked at me, and she was like, settle the hell down. Go back in your room. If you want, do five calls, if you do one call. Get something done today, no matter how much or little it is, just to say you did it and come back tomorrow. And that's what I did. I went back to my room. I hit play again. At this point, I just felt better about the whole thing. And another homeowner picked up, and I got my first appointment that week. She picked up. um, 
she was like at the park with her kids doing something and i just i just started running with it started talking about her house the deal with her house what she's trying to do and i got up my first appointment that week so i started off on a high note now that deal never amounted it was just too hairy of a deal um mm-hmm. like financially the numbers just wouldn't pencil at all um yeah that was how i started with cold calling and sales and outreach and then from there i started working in my grandmom's house so every day work till two and when i tell you work until two working out for gosh i was getting paid 15 an hour after taxes was like 12 and a half um probably even less than that cutting all the greens at the golf course cutting and working on the fairways laying sod like terrible like tough tough work shouldn't say terrible tough work yeah i mean and you're also still like young so like waking up for you like you're probably yeah. like ah. Uh, i was 19 yeah like i don't want to get up like no or, oh you weren't like i didn't want to get up oh no i mean i was but it was just one of those things like no one ever wants to wake up but i knew i had to yeah i was like what am i gonna do not wake up that's how i tell <laughs> that's how i get myself to do anything it's like what are you gonna do not do the said thing that you know is good for you so like i would wake up every morning throw my boots on hop in my truck go to work till two i am drenched in sweat they work just like dogs i will i'll give it to them um drenched in sweat grass clippings everything under the sun go home shower go to my grandmom's empty house and then just start doing cold calls and then it got to the point where like it was a pretty good process it was stressful and like i was i was just burning the candle like i said at both ends um and that's how i initially got into that that lasted that summer um i really wanted to get a deal done in my backyard in south jersey got a, a good amount of leads couldn't it my initial issue is i just didn't know how to close them though mm-hmm. now when i look back on it i didn't know how to close them if you told me why these deals weren't closing when i was getting these leads it was, i would say oh because it was a bad deal it wasn't a bad deal someone who wanted to sell or get out of their home had motivation i just couldn't close them so whether that be the numbers were a little tight or i needed to set expectations earlier i just couldn't close them mm-hmm. I had this whole list of like 40 leads that I, I ended up just giving to a buddy of mine when I hopped out of Jersey. Um, and then from there, I just went nationwide with the whole wholesaling model. Um, finally got a mentor and honestly more of a friend now. Um, I should say then he's just always been a mentor and just a great friend. I think that's why we've always worked so well together. Introduced me to working with hedge funds. So essentially there's a lot of different hedge funds nationwide. Um, we worked with about 10 or 11 of them, both small kind of more mom and pop hedge funds it's kind of is a little bit of oxymoron but um and then big you know 50 to 100 million dollar hedge funds where they're buying up just deal after deal and started doing same thing cold call nationwide um and then started flipping deals over to them and then it was like 18 months from the time i picked up my first book on wholesaling to the time i closed my first deal it was like 18 months Wow. I was, you got to be a grinder, like, in real estate. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like every chance you get, any, like, opportunity, you just have to take it and, like, go with it. Like, go, like, a thousand out of a hundred in it because you want to make connections and you want to be good. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. You want to make it up there. And that's, like, starting off, you have to do so much. You got to take every opportunity, Mm -hmm. even if it means a little birdie came and like legit a little birdie came and dropped a letter off that said someone want to sell their house. You have to take every single opportunity. Like it's a done, like it's going to be a done deal. Cause you don't, you can't afford, you've no deals coming in. You can't afford 
to miss up an opportunity that could lead to a deal. But um, yeah, that was my main model. I did like 14 or 15,000 dials with like a 10 to 12% connect rate. So essentially out of those, we'll call it 15,000, like 10 to 12% of those actually picked up. So I talked to like 1,500 people, roughly 1,700 people, which by that by the time that was done, I was just like ripping through these things. I could talk to a wall if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but that was all now at college. Um, so I was a sophomore in college. Um, and I would just, we had in Conjuring Hall here at the University of Scranton. Um, that's one of the sophomore dorms. And there's a classroom on the bottom floor that they would use like for choir class on Wednesdays at six. Of course, I still know that because they would kick me out every Wednesday at six. Um, that's so funny. And I would just go into that classroom every night. I say every day, like after classes from like two to six, cold call, four hours. And it would be at the point where I'd have my AirPods in, laptop was, the dialer was up and I was talking and I would just sit on my phone on like Instagram or something. I was just, I was conditioned to do it at that point. Um, really developed a good skill with it. Um, and then, yeah, it was 18 months until I closed my first deal with hedge fund and then closed a few others. And at that point I was like, I like this real estate thing. Let's just, let's run this full time. You know, why not? Um, and then market sold off in like June of 2021, 2022, I'm mistaken. Um, market really just sold off. That's when we saw like a, a little bit of an interest rate hike, or at least the initial part of it. Cause that balloon kind of just popped of two, 3% interest rates, hopped up to four, then five then six and now sevens. Um, so naturally all those hedge funds that I was working with, or really any investor in general couldn't pay as much for these, these homes. Cause essentially just to explain this whole process, I know I've been talking, jumping around a lot, but wholesaling is I would get a home under contract that would need some sort of work or had investment opportunity. I'm not the, the investor. I'm just the intermediary that's flipping this over to an investor. So I would have what like a hedge fund. Hedge fund would want that deal for 110000 I would get it under contract for anything under that that I wanted to pocket as much as I could, you know, to be honest with you. And then I would, so for example, um, if there was a deal I got under contract for 100 I knew the hedge fund based on my calculations and knowing their algorithms, like how they wanted to buy um, and what they wanted it at in order to make their uh, return on it. I would flip and get a, a call an assignment contract. Some of them would want to do double closes. They were just, there was always a little bit more kind of to work with with them. Yeah, I um, mean, there's always something. Yeah, there's always a barrier you're going to have to jump through with those guys. Mm -hmm. but, um, and then I would flip it to them for anything over that 100000 whatever I feel they would buy it at. Um, and then I would just make that middle profit at closing. So that was the whole process. But when we saw the interest rate hike, all these hedge funds stopped buying, or at least they didn't, a lot of them stopped, a lot of them pulled out um, of just what they were doing completely. But for the majority, they would just buy at less and less and less because they didn't want to hurt their margins. They knew the deals would come along at some point. There would just not be as many of them, um, which they're all right with. Now for me, that hurts me because now what I thought was a deal is no longer a deal and I have to recalculate my entire process. So, um, it got to like November of 2022, like about almost a year ago, like 10 months ago. Yeah. And I had three deals that significantly smaller margins for me and what I was pocketing three deals, two of them fell out because the hedge funds pulled out, which 
no hard feelings. It, it's chain of command. Like the reps that I was working with, like, hey, sorry, we just we can't buy this deal anymore. Like, because interest rates were going up that quickly, which it's it's all good. You know, it's never any bad blood, but it's a punch in the chest for me. And then yeah, because like you just worked so hard to like that was my income yeah. for the semester. Um, because I'm not I don't not going out and getting a job. This was what I was doing. Um, and the third deal just pulled out because the seller um, wanted to protect their tenant, which I get. But it, I mean, that deal is a headache. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, so I had three deals all pulled out, um, lost them. And I was it was like November, December. I was coming home from my end of my junior fall semester. And I was just kind of beat over the head. I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't I just I need to pivot. I just don't know where to pivot to. So once that time hit, I gave myself some time off, like into like January. And then I knew my biggest thing is like, if you don't have work or if you don't know what you're going to do or you want to do, start talking to people. That's, yeah. That's all I did. I just hopped on Facebook in the groups. Hey, such and such. Saw we're in the same group. Let's grab, let's, you know, hop on a call. Zoom, whatever, phone, doesn't really matter to me. Or let's go meet in person. That from there is solely the reason why I'm where I'm at right now. Solely. There's no other substitute. There's no chance or luck. It was simply because I would just start reaching out to people and building those connections. And I had some guys there and they were in commercial side of the business, which yes, from a few different standpoints, like the investment sales side was hit pretty hard, especially because investors really aren't buying as much um, due to the kind of the economic climate with where things were at. But these guys were still getting deals done in creative ways, which I just liked. And then I had a few guys open some doors for me. And then now I'm in commercial real estate. I love that because like what really makes a business successful is the challenges, is you overcoming challenges. And you had so many challenges and you were like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Yeah. And that is what honestly so many people that i've seen are always like what can i do better who should i hire to help me with it Mm -hmm. and networking like reaching out to people is one of the best ways ever yeah and being active in those groups too so people know who you are yeah it's all about leverage and like the biggest Mm -hmm. thing that really got me to where i wanted to go like i was just i felt like some like good old boy cutting grass and now if you told me where i was at I wouldn't believe you. I genuinely wouldn't believe you because I feel like there's a lot of hurdles that I had to go over that I didn't feel like I could have done that. But now, you know, the biggest thing that kept me going, like one quote, and it was like, the treasure you seek is in the cave you fear to go down. And like, there's like a video one time I saw that. I'm sure there's other people that have heard that quote. Yeah. But like, you just got to start walking. Mm-hmm. Like if for a while, you're not going to see anything in front of you. You just got to keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Yeah. At some point, something's going to light the way. Um, but, yeah, a lot of hurdles, a lot of roadblocks, um, especially this year. A lot of deals fell through. That's the hardest thing, I think. It isn't about getting the deals. It's about watching a deal you've worked on and tried to prosper for a few months and watching that die. Like That sucks. I mean, especially for you, like all college students that are working and doing something similar with real estate you're not just working on this deal you're also studying for classes you're doing assignments presentations and honestly it is a lot to manage that's why i give you so much prop 
for doing all of that and still like coming on top you're still in college you're still working hard you're like a president of this club yeah that's where we're sitting and (laughs) you're doing so much and that's so amazing i can only see like what more you will do in the future and i'm so so happy that our path have crossed yeah so no and little things like i shouldn't even say little things because they're big to me like this club like the house we're sitting in right now that's something that keeps me going like yes there's some two we have our meetings every tuesday there's some of those meetings where i'm like i really don't feel like leading these meetings tonight i just don't have it in me but as soon as everyone gets in here and i see everyone's engaged and talking to each other it's just throwing gas on the fire for me i just i love it um and yeah, school's been a hurdle. School's been a hurdle within itself. I know. Um, I've I've had some classes where I'm like, oh my god, mom, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I just watch YouTube yeah. videos and yeah. like I just want to go home. I want to start my business. And so for your parents, was education important to them? Yeah, yeah. They both um, went to college, graduated university. Um, my dad went to Mount St. Mary's. My mom went to Shippensburg, you know, in Pennsylvania. Um, their biggest thing was. You go to college, you get the degree, do whatever you want mm-hmm. after that. They just wanted to give me a safety net to fall back on, which my freshman year when I came in, I hated. But now I understand, and I agree with them. Like, you just need I, – I personally, I don't agree with plan Bs. It's plan A or I'm dying. Like, oh, my God. I'm, you have to be intense <laughs> with that. Like, I'll be honest with you. Um, oh, yeah, this is like like the Fast and Furious. I feel like when you talk – like, you talk like the Fast and Furious guys, like, families first. It's actually my favorite series yeah. of movies ever. So I'm a big car <laughs> guy. So that's kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I was always like plan A. It's like yeah. plan A is going to – because if you – I, I think it's smart to have something to fall back on, but if you put effort into planning what mm-hmm. you're going to fall back on when you um, fail, yeah, you're undermining yourself. Like You're destined to fail if you have a whole path because it's going to be easier to fail versus me. Like, I don't – like, yeah, I have the degree. I don't know where I'm going to take that if for whatever reason in my wildest dreams because it won't happen. I won't let it happen. If something crazy were to happen in my commercial real estate efforts where I had to pivot and go – get a job a typical job um i shouldn't say typical but you know work like a nine for to five yeah working yeah. for any employer with whatever industry that may be in i couldn't tell you where i'm going with that and that's why i like it because it, it it's like i don't know how to describe it now and now you got me going down this rabbit hole but um yeah i'm, I'm always i'm huge plan a yeah always and I feel like that's so good because, like, you run on that fuel, like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to – this is my goal, and I want to get to that goal. Yeah. And what is your goal? We need to bring it – how about this? I'll answer okay. broadly what my one sole goal is. Okay, and then what is your one goal? My one goal, I would say, to be alive – like, while I'm alive and living in my entire life is – to know that everyone around me is living to their highest potential with however I can help them in that. That's so sweet. I thought you were going to say like something else. That's so no, sweet. I, like, like I said, yeah, I'm a car guy. Like, yeah, I like cars. I, I race dirt bikes. Like, that's really all I want. Like I want a nice house for the people that I live with someday and my family to be in a nice house for them. And I want, a nice car, two or three, or a nice truck, and then my dirt bikes. I'm good. Like I am so good. I would rather 
have that little piece for me and then everything else gets dished out to the people in my circle who I call in my circles and circles. It's obviously my initial family. Um, and then other than that, just through friends that have yeah. turned to family, it's small circle and that's how I like it. But yeah, that's really my only goal is just to make sure everyone is good. Yeah. I feel like also in this industry, you want to have a big circle, but there are some times where you're just like, I, I can't have this negative vibe. I can't have this negative mindset. Yeah. And that's why so many people that I've been with this past month, like I, I've seen that, like yeah. what you just said, because mm-hmm. they want to have someone positive, someone eager to learn just like you and just keep going, not just yeah. stopping once they hit something, something like yeah. a big milestone. They just want to keep, 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 keep working, 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 mm-hmm. working. Yeah. Your your head and your heart have to be made out of iron. Nothing, nothing. Like, it's just got to, whatever comes your way has to hit you and bounce off. That's how my biggest thing is. Like, you, I like that you brought up people and their negative energy. It's something, like, so big nowadays. So many people just try to, unfortunately, drag other people down to make themselves feel more comfortable. For me, I won't even give it the time of the day. I feel like if you really want to be successful in anything you're doing, you have to have, I call it like a shut off switch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of brutal sometimes because you I will shut that switch off and I care about nothing but protecting myself. Because at the end of the day, it's all I got. Yeah. You know? And that's also the other thing is like turning off the negative vibes and negative energy. Right. You don't need that because if you have a negative person, just keep talking down to you, keep talking down to you. Like eventually, if you don't, like what you said, have an iron heart, have an iron head, it's gonna get to you oh yeah yeah you'll be soft and it'll it'll penetrate and then it'll bleed into every other part of your life but for (laughs) me no you you won't catch me doing that yeah there's been some things that have drug me down a good bit but i'm still here so you know yeah and you're doing amazing and how old are you now 21 i'll be 22 in october of this of uh 2023 wow that's so fun we're gonna have to have like a birthday party here at the Wayne house. We can house. do something. I'll put a little hat on. We can do that. Yeah. A little birthday hat. <laughs> we can have a little cake. That'd be cool. But um, yeah, as far as a goal goes, like to bring it back to what mm-hmm. you initially asked, like that's, that's it, man. It's really it. It's all I'm doing this for. That's great. Like my, my biggest passion is like I, there's a lot of people that talk about do what your passion is. You know, whatever you would do for free, do that full time and the money will come one day and yeah, I think those are all great, but for me, my passion is helping and you know supporting the people around me to the best of my ability. So the way I have to get there is through you know working and doing with what I'm good at, which I like commercial real estate. I, I do love it. I, I enjoy talking to people, but at the end of the day, it's just a means to get to that goal of my true passion of yeah. helping others. You know. Yeah. But. So since we're in college, let's go to college now. No, Let's go to the University of Scranton. Oh, we could, we could say a lot. 5,000 <laughs> kids that I could talk for the next hour about the University of Scranton. So what do you think is helping you or helped you mm-hmm. by going to college? Was there like a professor that really guided you? Was there a lesson that like really helped you understand? Or was it just learning of different like different people's yeah. background? I wouldn't say it was anything the school specifically, like any professors. I don't mean to talk down about professors <laughs> here. I just, I show up to class, I do what I got to do, and I leave. Like, I have my connections with a few professors, but for the most part, what really made the difference here is being able to 
tune off or turn off the noise. Like, like I said, thing earlier about flipping the switch. Yeah. There's weekends here, like in the building we're in right now. My office is upstairs. It's in the middle of students off campus housing. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of noise, especially on Thursday through Saturday nights. And like that was the biggest thing. My takeaway was I, there's times where I have to go upstairs on a Friday night, work till one in the morning. And I purposefully keep all my windows open or at least cracked a little bit, even in the winter. So I can hear everybody outside that's drinking. Half the time, it's my friends walking by. And that's thro- so they're, funny. And they're <laughs> calling me and throwing beer cans at the window. And, and I'm like, like, John, come out. John, yeah. come out. Let's go to Clay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like, soccer's throwing. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, it, that, like, I'm sorry, guys. I just, and the, it, like a lot of people get it now. But that was my biggest thing is just tuning out the noise. The biggest thing I can ever take away from college is being able to tune that out. And also, like you said, I've met so many great people here that worth every penny that went into this place, um, just that alone, but also viewing people and their perspectives and getting a feeling for how they view life. Yeah. Because there's a lot of different people that go to this school from a lot of different areas, a lot of different opinions. It's some you got to really tread lightly around, but um, that was my biggest thing is that my way isn't always the best way, and I want to hear more about other people and what they you know, how they would do something or what they agree with or their opinions on this, that, and the third. Um, that was another huge takeaway in terms of college. Um, but really just quieting and turning off the noise from the distractions. Yeah, I feel like that's so – like, I would – I was honestly expecting totally different answer than what you just said. What and you expecting? I don't I know. I don't know. I don't really know. But, like, that was, like, like so – like I feel like that was really good that was a really good answer I think that was like what you did was like kind of like what people in the city do you know what I mean like they're just like the city's crazy and like there's so much noise and like you that you were able to do that like here especially like you purposely did it like on Mm -hmm. the weekends that's so like like wow like you really want to tune everything out and i feel like the only way you could really learn to do like tune someone out like that or people should i say Mm -hmm. is by doing what you just did just sitting in the office and you had your windows up so you knew you wanted to like i wanted to hear to achieve it yeah because it's like yeah college can be fun it's going out seeing people and i always make time for that i don't want to paint the picture that i work every single weekend (laughs) i don't see anyone no it's there's a healthy balance that goes into anything. Um, but, like, I wanted to hear what people were talking about. I wanted to hear, not to be nosy, but I just wanted to hear, like, their night compared to mine, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, no, definitely. And you definitely got, like, the tea on that because yeah. everyone walking up or down the hill just talk and talk Nothing about whatever. Because, like, I'm in my office at the time. I remember one night I was working on um, – a website we're working on for one of our one of my old businesses with my mentor and we're working on building that out like midnight one in the morning and i'm in this office sober as a goat working on this website and i'm listening out my window to people that their only worry is like what's going on tonight you know and there's nothing wrong with that i will never talk down because there's some weekends where i'm those people and i'm out having a good time um but yeah it's it was almost like flexing a muscle like yeah I was like putting reps in because now I'm just, I'm numb to it. Like it really doesn't phase me. I don't have, they call it FOMO. 
if you're missing out. Oh my god, I, don't I have, have huge FOMO. <laughs> I don't like, have that. No. If my biggest thing is like I really don't regret much because I knew in that said time that's whatever I was doing, whether it be staying in and working, that was what I really wanted to do in that time. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And I think that's so, so good. I feel like I get FOMO whenever um, I'm a part of Vina's multi- mastering multi- multifamily group. Yeah. And whenever she's on trips, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to drop out. I want to go. I want to go. Yeah, that, that's different. That's yeah. different because you know it's like that would be really good for you. But um, I don't know. Yeah. College, interesting place. Yeah. So what – so if you could go back in time. What is, like, you had one wish, like a genie came out of the bottle and said, you can go back to, like, your 12-year-old self, your 5-year-old self, your 15-year-old self. What is one advice you would give to young John? Uh, It's it's a tough question because, like, I'm big on leave myself be because I feel like if I would have went back and told myself something, maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um go back i was 12 years old on the mower (laughs) i would say don't let up don't let up Mm. with whatever you're doing you know i was always a very easygoing kid like competitive in some things but others i was more of like a pushover at times and i would just say don't let up with whatever but at the end of the day it's like i said like i don't have much i would say because i don't really regret who i was and what i did even if I don't agree with some of the decisions I made. I'm so happy I made them because it brought me to where I'm at now. So, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I love like, I love like that you, when you were 12, you were like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And that is the same person that you are now. You're like, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, I don't, I'm not going out this weekend. I'm working until 2 a.m. I'm doing this. I'm working here. You know, I have my coffee here. (laughs) Like, I'm good. I'm good. in this office. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be a doer. Like, you really do have to be a doer. You got to be a grinder in whether it be commercial real estate or whether it be anything, you know. You got to be able to put in – like, what I say is whenever I'm diving into a new venture, I have to say to myself, and now I'm fine with it, you have to be able to not make a dollar on this for the next year and be okay with it because sometimes that's how it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah, no, definitely. And and that's just the mindset. You got to be real – you got to be a real grinder with whatever – especially in this entrepreneurial space, you know? But yeah, no, definitely. So who do you think is one, like, or a few people that comes to mind that helped you, like, along the way to get you to where you are now and who is going to be and what you're going to become later in life? How specific do you want me to go? Because I'll drop names right here. You can drop as many names as you want. All right. How many people do you want? So I'm, I'm picking well, from first off, we have to thank your grandma for <laughs> allowing oh, yes. you to be there. She is my there. savior. i forever indebted to her. She's great. Um, yeah, free office space can't beat it. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me think. We want like three people. No, name as many as you want. I'll do three. I want. Okay, three. I don't want to go an endless list and then it devalues that list. You know what I mean? Yeah, like ten minutes in, like. And this person <laughs> and that person. This is going to take like a minute for me to really. So you want people that help me just in terms of work or people that help me Like mentally? in general. Okay, in general. 
So we have your mom, we have your grandma, and we have your dad. Mm-hmm. Besides them, who else helped you? Because they're, they're no-brainers. Like, yeah. Obviously, those were my first. Like, Obviously, yes, they're going to help. Yes, mom, you're going to be listening to this. You're <laughs> on the list. Um, aside from initial family, we'll add my grandfather to that. Both, both of my grandfathers on both sides, they're, they're obviously um, in there. I would say my initial mentor that really helped me and pushed me, um, his name's Terrell Hawkins. His socials are going to be in the bio on this. I'll make sure of it. Um, he helped me. He really just kind of led the roadmap out as much as he could, as much as we both could, and then trusted me with some future ventures that we went in on. And now he's just, like I said earlier, he's more of a friend now. Um, yeah. He got me in. How we got referred to each other was through a title company. I called a title company just to establish that relationship. And she and um, she referred me. She's like, hey, I know another kid. He's graduating or he's a senior now at Penn State. Um, he's doing deals just like you. I want to connect you. And then from that moment on, from when me and Terrell hopped on that first call mm-hmm. to where we're at now, like nothing has changed. Like it was we were he would always you know help me with whatever I was working on I could help him to the best of my ability um but really he he like I remember there was one time it was within that 18 months before I got my first deal it was like probably month 16 so at the point I'm like beat down and I just I got I hopped on a zoom call with him and I was like dude what I, I need some sort of guidance here man I have no idea what I'm doing like, I even, I said to him, I was like, dude, I want to work with you, like, a little bit just to get kind of the wheels turning on some deals he had going. So, like, I was doing some admin work for him a little bit, some transaction coordination, and he just took me under his wing. So, that's, that was the first person that really pushed me um, into this journey. Um, I would say the second is someone who kind of took that torch from Terrell and is running with it now with me. He's really just... Same thing, a friend and a mentor. Um, uh, he's probably going to be listening to this. Um, name's Ty Martin. I work with him now. He took me in earlier this year in January. Um, and is, like, I could say all the same things, but I know I don't want to do that because I don't want to be repetitive. But I would say gave me so many doors and trusted me to open any of wow. them that I wanted. And that was the biggest thing. So, like, we said initially the first night we talked, whenever, whenever, the first night I met this guy, um, he was like, I don't know to what capacity and how we will work together or what we're going to work on. I want to work together on something. And that, from that day on, it's exactly how it's transpired until now. To We didn't know initially what we were going to do. Took a few months. I came onto the team with him. Um, he built out, and he's continuing to build out, just a tremendous team, uh, the McCann Commercial Team based out of Philadelphia. Um and now we're building on, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into it. We're building on another side, another arm of that company. Just like we talked about. We just didn't know what that was going to be. So um, he was, and he still is, just someone who I can, I, and I will one day credit just so much of my success to because he, like I said, gave me so many doors and said, I trust you to open whichever ones you want to open. That's yeah. so amazing. And I love that you had someone to do that because, Sometimes it's hard to find the correct people. And oh, my gosh. And people go through so many different people before they find the right fit and mm-hmm. they find the right person that balances the other. Yeah. 
what really helps me out at the end of the day is when there's some days where I'm upstairs in my office and I, I use this saying all the time because it's accurate. I want to put my head through the wall. I've said this to you. Yeah, yeah, like, you did tell me that's this. That's just how I feel. Like at the end, of the, there's some days where like a deal will fall through or something where I want to put my head through the wall. And the one thing that grounds me at the end of every day is, yes, I might have had a lot of deals fall through that I really didn't have much or too much control on. But what I did luck out on was I was blessed with the best people I could possibly be working with. Like I really think about that a lot. The people in my inner circle, whether it be with just friends or work specifically, I couldn't add any qualities in them that would make them any better for me. Yeah. That's where I, lo- that's where I cashed out. Yeah. I will say it's not from the deals. It's from the people. Mm-hmm. And I'll take that any day. Yeah, I was going to say because you didn't want to pay the, the fee for breaking something in here. <laughs> I'm not paying it. <laughs> it's going to happen one of these days. It's going to be a six by six circle in the wall for my head going through it. But now all jokes aside, um, I really did cash out with the people in my life, especially from the business standpoint, like worth the world. Yeah. And like, I love one of the reasons why I took on this podcast is because I love hearing everybody's stories. Mm-hmm. I know someone is definitely going to get inspiration by you. You're 21 years old. Yeah, I hope. You're working full time. Yeah. You're going to school full time and you're doing a club that you're the president of. I don't got to figure it out yet. I don't want that to come. I don't want to go across like that. I say that to everybody. I don't have a lick of things figured out yet. Getting there. but. And that's like the part of life. You have so many people around you that can help you, that guide you, that can bring you up. And I can only imagine how far you will go. And I can't yeah. wait to see you at business conventions in like yeah, 20 years. And you're just up there telling your story. And yeah. I'll be in the audience listening. That'll be the supporting goal. that'll be the goal yeah i'll bring like a wayne house flag please do to bring it i'll run we'll it up and down Scranton up there yeah we'll <laughs> it was so lovely to have you on this podcast and i can't wait to hear about where you will go and who you will become and what your next level will be mm-hmm. thank you this is awesome yeah thank this. you john fee President. signing off yeah bye guys that was really good that was really good